0: If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. Recently I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Troy Staten, the owner of New Beginnings Barbershop in Baltimore, Maryland. Troy has been a barber for 30 years in Baltimore, 10 of them at New Beginnings in Hollands Market in Southwest Baltimore. Troy says about New Beginnings, my shop is more than a barbershop, it's where I share my passion for art with the community. It's where my son Rashad brings young men together to talk about their dreams and challenges in shop talk meetings and it's where I join with businesses to bring health screenings and services to the community. Troy says, being a barber is how I make my living, but the community inside and outside the barbershop is my life. Troy almost lost his life this year on Halloween. Troy described how a frustrated, misguided young man came into the barbershop shooting. He wasn't aiming for me, but I was shot along with another client, Troy said. Troy survived that night, and not only that, has persevered to continue to be a powerful resilient voice and example in his community he is striving with renewed passion to end the violence in our communities he said a bullet is not going to stop me i'm ready to elevate even further to keep pushing for our community especially for young men like the man who shot me whose life circumstances led them to feel they have no option other than violence i want to reach them to show them there's another way i am absolutely honored troy has taken time to speak of me on the Get Up Nation podcast. Troy, thank you for taking time out today. Thank you. Not a problem. Troy, will you share with Get Up Nation why New Beginnings Barbershop is such a sacred place in the community?
1: Well, New Beginnings Barbershop has been established in 2008. And with that being said, New Beginnings Barbershop, like I always say, is much more than a barbershop. It's a community hub. It's a community center where we do a lot of other community-based projects. Like We work collaboratively with so many different entities within the city. We work with the mayor's office, with the youth work program, where in the summertime young men and women can join the Baltimore youth work program. They can get their community hours that they need for graduation, as well as uh, get a salary from the city. And it works with them. We partner with uh, St. Peter's Adult Day Program, where for the past six years, volunteers that fund the program come to the barbershop. They volunteer their service. It helps them with their social skills. We've also partnered with Mike and Merlin Institution of Arts with the curatorial program. We was a part of Reginald Lords. We partner with Harbor Bank with the Haskins Center, where the curate exhibitions with them, as well as in 2010, 2011, with the Black Male Identity Project, with the uh, President Obama's barbershop coalition. So we've done a lot of community work. We've also done pool drives, shoe drives for community and a whole. With that, we just serve the purpose and the needs that's needed in the community through a barber shop for which has always been there and instilled through the barber shops. And we provide the services that's needed. So it's like as we speak now, we partner with Kaiser Permanente and help them provide free health care screenings to people in a community that normally wouldn't get it, that's at high risk. We've worked with um, various other organizations and just providing basic needs and fundamentals. We also serve the purpose for where we're at in the 21223 with the problem with information deserts, where we provide free Wi-Fi as well as tablets for anybody who needs it to conquer the issue with the information that to conquer the issues with the food desert, the cost of the, industry, the issue with the health desert. I believe in solely solutions over the problems. you identify what the issue, with the problem is, and you come up with a solution. So that's what makes us much more than a barbershop. So with that, you know, for where we are in the community for which we stand right now, there's approximately over 21 barbershops it's in a four block radius. So there's over saturation of barbershops. So you have to find something, do something that makes this one particular barbershop unique. And we're not unique, we're just doing what's needed. We serve in the community. We being supportive of a community. And that's the history of the barbershop. But in the last century or so, things have been far You're left where the message and the purpose were what the barbershop is supposed to serve. I was fortunate enough to be raised and mentored under some of the more legendary barbers in the Baltimore area who instilled some things with me and taught. So I just carried that legacy on. That's just my way of giving back.
0: I love that. I love your entrepreneurial spirit. I love your spirit of service and how you are such a powerful force for positivity in your, your neighborhood. Certainly to call your business a barbershop is, uh, does not fully encapsulate all the things you do by even a remote consideration. You, you're doing phenomenal things. You also do a block party every year. Will you tell me something about that?
1: So with the block party, we would do two things a year. We have our annual customer appreciation that takes place within the fall. And that's our that way of, between the holidays and the winter, you know, just to say thank you. Just to say thank you for all the continued support that everybody has helped us by coming to the barbershop, getting a haircut, and providing services, to say thank you. So we did that, and we did that at the barbershop. And then what happened was we did a block party. With the block party, the block party started nine years ago. It actually started within the barbershop in the summertime as a part of my birthday within June. But it had grew. What's that? It had grew where it started in the barbershop and it went outside the barbershop because it we couldn't you know, accommodate the people in the summertime. And then it's just like Barber, it's just like New Beginnings in itself, the blind. We set a standard... We have basic requirements in the brand, who we are, what we are, what our purpose is. And the barbershop, the block party, was just a label love, just an extended to the community and the whole community, everyone. And with this, we do it outside and we provide the universal community set. You know, we have cocktail tables, we have live music, we bring forth a chef. Because we create an experience. Like I say, we're in the two one, two, two, three, where there's you know, a high, high level of non high school completion. The high school completion is at fifty two percent. So you got forty eight percent of the people who do not even graduate from high school. You know, the number one two and three causes of death is high blood pressure, blood disease, and cancer. have high crime, you know, where the fatality level between 16 and 25 is one of the highest in the city, in the two one two two three. So with all of that saying, there has to be a different approach with doing things, and we had to set a standard and show our people in our community that we appreciate you, and there is a different way and there's a better way. So that's why we provide the services that we do. I understand these issues, I appeal to them. So with the block party, with the block party, we set the block party up once a year, we get all the necessary permits, bring forth a chef. I bring a chef in every year to provide and for people to see that there is a chef, these are healthy meals that's being served. We uh we have a open raw bar. With this raw bar, you know, this is an adult affair but it's invited for the whole community because it starts at 6 o'clock in the evening until 11, 12 o'clock. And that's because we have the market that's right across the street, and the market is still going on. So we must support and work collaboratively with the market. So once the market shuts down at 6 p.m., the Black Party begins. But we also, all the food that's purchased it for the Black Party is also purchased in that market. The fruit salad that's purchased, the cases of chicken, the cases of ribs. Everything that's used in that market is supported, and we, we support one another, because I could go to any place else, but I need to keep it in my community. So i buy all the purchases from the market. Then, I, like I said, bring in a chef, bring in a DJ. Then, on the other side of the market, we have another order, another crowd for... The 30 and under for the young. So we bring in the whole community. We're addressing the issue with the younger people in the community where they have their stage, and then we have another crowd for the 40 and over. And then everything is served free. There's no there's no cost. Wow. All you have to do is just bring your chair and, and a happy attitude. Wow. It's a very diverse community, as well as we recognize other communities organizations for their service and their work that they do in the community. And with that, we do that through the other project, the Love's Art project.
0: When did you decide that you wanted to be a barber? And when did you realize that you could have such an impact in your community as a barber?
1: Well, I've been barbering since I was 13 years old. I became a barber like most typical kids. My story is, my mother cut my hair. I couldn't, I couldn't walk outside with that haircut. So I got it in America, to straighten it out. From there, I did a little... I did, I did better than she did. I cut my brother's hair. And then my other friends was like, hey, can you cut my hair? Before I knew it, I was cutting all of my friends' hair. Hmm. And I was like, this, I think I could do this. And then I went to uh the gentleman I saved was the fisherman. They said, if you give a man a fish, you eat for a day, but if you teach him how to fish, he'll be able to live and feed his family, take care of yourself. So these gentlemen told me how to fish, and this was in a treasure shopping center. Mm-hmm. And two barbers men, one of them was Mr. Heavy, Alexander Ford, and the other one was Mr. Kazi, Kaiser Livingston. Those young men taught me how to cut hair. And I would sit there in that barbershop for hours as a young kid and just watch them and talk to them. And they showed me some things. So from there, I went to went to school at the West Side Skills Center, and I met Mr. Uh, Willie Hyde from the Afro Hut. He was one of my barber's instructors. And then I met Mr. Cornell Cottrell from Hair Dimensions, and he was another barber instructor. So I was taught from Mr. Heavy to Mr hiring Mr. Cornell, then I spent a brief moment over East Baltimore with Mr. Roger at Old Town Mall, was a doctor and then I came across one of the greatest mentors, and that was Lenny um, Clay at the House of Naturals, as well as I worked with Miss Claudia McGee from Main Attractions. So like I said, I was taught by some of the... That was one of the first trades. Barbers also played a bigger role than just the red, white, and blue. You know, barbers were always people of prestige. You know, they were deacons and clergy. Some of the most influential people in today's society are sons and daughters of barbers. And that's one of the things that has been lost in the history is the impact and the legacies that barbers have I was fortunate enough to be taught that to know and understand that
0: today you have a very important and very powerful position in that community hub and something tragic happened this year on Halloween night one of your worst nightmares came true a troubled young man entered new beginnings and he began shooting will you share as you're comfortable what happened that night
1: and the ironic thing with this is that took place, things could have been a lot worse in so many different aspects. Because, like I say, on Halloween, we do a, a trick-or-treat at the barbershop. And with this trick-or-treat, we get one of the big 48-gallon trash cans and we fill us up with candy. And we have all the kids and everybody in the community come through because we know that they can get good candy and they will be safe at the barber shop with the candy that we give out. All right. What happened was this year we were so busy and so many things going on, my assistant barber, he had the candy and had to go back and get it. So before the candy was distributed, because he had left out to get the candy, and there's a school down the street within a hundred yards. And this took place around three thirty. At that time, that's the time of the day when the children would normally be coming through. So what happened around, around three o'clock you hear this pop popping going outside and like it's somebody shooting. Then it got louder and the individual was coming into the barbershop shooting. Wasn't aimed at no particular individual. Wasn't no armed robbery. They just came in shooting and running. As identified that someone was inside the shoot, inside shooting at the shop, I had a young man in my chair. So as the young man is in my chair, I push him down to take cover. And it was in such a blur because it was real fast And the individual I would later told had a mask and a hoodie on. They ran in and ran out real fast. So as everything stopped, and everyone's on the ground, we do a quick assessment. Like, is everybody all right? Everybody all right? One gentleman that was across from me said he got hit in the foot. So as we are saying, if anybody else got hit or what not, I feel this warm, tingling sensation burning in the back of my neck as I feel this, you know, this warm burning sensation in the back of my neck, I check my neck and I see that I've been hit, and I'm bleeding. At that moment, I just said to myself, damn, my work hasn't been done. And I say, I've been hit, and then my team, the new beginning's team, the new beginning's family, they stepped up, and they assist the situation. They was like, get down. And they get down, don't move. They called 911, and the emergency response team was there immediately. Hmm. Next thing I know, they strapped me on the ground, and they got me to shock trauma. Wow. It was real fast. It was at a blur. No one was identified. There was no one particular. No victim, no one particular target, it was just a random eye.
0: After this event, you said, God, let me know I'm not done with you. There's something bigger and greater, and it's time to take it on. Things happen for a reason. I love my community.
1: When I realized that I had been hit and it wasn't fatal, my next reaction, my next response was a feeling of more determination. And the termination was like, my work hasn't been done. My work hasn't been done. My work hasn't been completed. I knew that right away. That was the only thing that came to my mind. Like, your work hasn't been completed. Your work hasn't been done. And with that being said, you know, I am had this Love's Art Project, which means bringing art to the community and the community to the art. And that's what it started as. And there's also work with criminal criminal justice and community advocacy. So with that, I'm already doing that, but it has just solidified that it's time to do it at a much more impactful level and get more involved in a greater at a greater sense for the healthy community and get more involved in, in being a part of this infrastructure that I'm already in. I knew, they all knew one another. They all partied with one another. They were all friends, but they never worked collaboratively. And with them failing to work collaboratively, when these barbers died, or whatever, their legacy never continued. So what I have been doing is, I've been working with other barbers in other barbershops already, but now it's time to unify these barbers and beauty salons. And take what I'm already doing to help them so we can take back and restructure our community. Everything starts and acts, starts and takes place within barbershops, in the barbering community. Because the same individual that came into the barbershop and started shooting, he has a barber that he goes to. And he's not a shooter at that barbershop. He's just the individual that comes and get a regular haircut. And that barber knows his whole family as well as this individual. So with that, we can address those individuals. That's why I say I'm not upset with the person. I understand. And we can't blame it on the mayor or the police department. We are the only entity that haven't been tainted or polluted through outside forces is the barbershops. The barbershops has more impact in the community than the actual churches. Hmm. Wow. The barbershop is the only sanctuary that still stands or stands there. We haven't been corrupted by outside forces, such as the schools, the hospitals, or the churches. The barbershop is the only place where you can come in and you can still be here. Where man and woman can be whom they are at all times. And with that... We had to work to restore that with some of these other barbers that's coming through. One of the things that happened in the barber, in the barber community was, say, last 20 years, the state of Maryland and across the nation come up with these great ideas that what we can do is we can create these programs where we'll, we'll release you, you become a barber. Where you can provide, but then you have a bunch of untrained Uninformed people just cutting hair instead of actually being a barber. Anybody can cut hair. But a barber has a sense of community, pride, awareness, responsibility. There's a leader. Hmm. It's the stronghold of the community. And we have to reinstill that. And with that, I can do that. I already have the coalition. I'm already working with other barbers the same way I work with other entities. And we can take this a while and set forth to, to gain back our community. Barbershops and beauty salons are the last sanctuaries. Nobody understands that we're going to keep having the mayhem.
0: For those who do own their own barbershop or their own salon, and they share your vision and want your guidance and want to collaborate with you in barbershops and salons across the United States, how would you prefer they contact you?
1: Contact me through email. We have an email. Email is Loves Art Project. L U V S, Art A R T, Project, P R O J E C T number one at Gmail. Loves Art Project one at Gmail. You can email myself or one of my assistants, or you can contact. At New Beginnings Barbershop, 410 244 6145. As well as, right now we have a GoFundMe to assist the Loves Art Project and with, you know, creating resources and funding to help strengthen this progress for what we're working for with the Loves Art Project with the new barber. This initiative you know is we are part of a healthy we are part of a community we creating a healthier community and we are a part of the infrastructure but if no one is aware we can bring these same programs and these same options that I'm providing one we should take this and this could go nationwide worldwide but well, it has to start somewhere. So with that, it started with me. So now I'm ready to just take this and help others so we can just not just take place in one city,
0: one area. Working together. I love that. I love that, your message of unity and, and positivity. Our time is getting a little tight here. Since I know you got work to do today. I, w- I want to make sure that you get done what you need to get done, and I want to respect your time. i always in the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to run through these six quick questions with me?
1: Yes, sir. All All right. Right. Let's
0: go. Who are you thankful for today?
1: Who am I thankful for today? Thankful for the innovators, the ones that keep creating change and keep making a brighter day in a brighter world. The one that's providing up opportunities for generations to come, as well as generations that's already here, such as my grandchildren. That's what I'm thankful for, the innovators, the ones that keep pushing the envelope.
0: We've kind of talked a little bit about who you're thankful for. What things are you thankful for today?
1: I'm thankful for just life in itself. Life in itself. To have another chance.
0: And how do you fuel the fire within you?
1: How do I fuel the fire within me? I believe that we are only as healthy as the people that we surround ourselves with. So, in fueling my fire, I must stay around healthy people, my tribe. People who believe in me, people that support me, and other people. Because I believe that if I'm, a, if I'm In a circle of people and I'm the smartest the smartest person in that crowd, in that circle, I'm in trouble. So I need to be around other innovators. Other
0: disruptive innovators. What is one thing adversity has taught you to value?
1: One thing that adversity has taught me to value is perseverance. You gotta believe in yourself, you gotta believe in your own vision. Because once upon a time, I was crazy when I went to individuals and said I wanted to bring fine art to a barbershop. The neighbors looking at me like, my work hangs in national galleries. And I said, but I want to show it and I want to explain it to people that normally wouldn't see it. And that perseverance and that believing and that self-determination to never give up gave me a greater sense of appreciation and belief that anything is possible.
0: I love that. What are you doing today you never thought you could?
1: What am I doing today that I never thought I could is, that's a tough one, Because I always knew that I could do things. One of the things that I'm doing today that I thought I never could would be making my dreams into a reality, such as working on this new level of elevation to take this Love Art Project, the New Beginnings template, and to help others outside of myself and outside of my city, outside of the community, to be able to expose and help others. At such another level, to take a tragedy, to take a travesty, and turn it into something positive.
0: And then my my last of this six question series: What will you do tomorrow that you never thought you could? Sounds like taking this nationwide. It sounds like worldwide. That's it.
1: That's it. That's it. Hmm. Cause who would ever thought there was something happening or and. Southwest Baltimore at a barbershop could be the birthplace for something greater to help. You know, everyone keeps saying, what's the solution to this problem right now? I have one of the answers. We had to take back our community. And in taking back our community, we must step up and be responsible in our community. We can't wait for the government. We can't wait for public assistance or policy we are public assistance we are policy we have to bring forth community we have to bring forth accountability and how we do that it starts with in the barbershops in the beauty salons where people are talking where the elders is telling the younger people listen you can't do that." and that's something that got away we are the programs programs are the individuals that speak. They bring forth accountability in our community. I'm, I'm living proof of it. You know, like I said, I believe in solutions over problems. And I have to address the problems with bringing forth solutions. Food deserts, information deserts, job training, Providing people with a lifestyle and a way of living by taking care of themselves, by giving them a job at a barbershop. Addressing the social and economical issues with mental illness. When you bring someone in and let them volunteer and they work with others to help them with their self-esteem and issues. Working with the city with the youth work program. Let's not talk about it, let's be about it. That's what barbers and barbershops have been doing for years. And now I work with other barbershops to help them. It ain't about talking, it's about showing.
0: That's right. I love it. I love it, Troy. How can people learn more about you and help support your work and mission? Uh, like
1: I said, you can contact me at Love Art Project 1, Gmail, L U V S A R T P R O J E C T 1, at Gmail. Or you can contact me directly at New Beginner's Barger Shop, 1047 Holland Street, Baltimore, Maryland, 21223. Phone number 410-244-6145. Feel free to stop by, just for a conversation, not necessarily ahead.
0: Troy, it has been an honor to speak with you. It makes sense that a man who has provided, nurtured, and sustained one of the most sacred places in a community would have one of the most powerful and important voices of that community. It's been an honor and a pleasure to help you share your voice and example, to help draw the entire nation's awareness into the will to act, to prevent violence, to raise men and women who know and sense their immense value, who experience fairness in their opportunities and development as they grow, and be one of the finest examples our country has of empowered, resilient adults and youth who teach us all about how to create the human artwork of inspiring, beautiful, and thriving peace. You're an amazing man, Troy. I appreciate you taking time to talk with me.
1: All right, thank you very much for having me. It was an honor. It did well. You ever come this way in Baltimore? Let's sit down, let's get down. Let's sit down for a talk, a drink, or whatever. Thank you for supporting the purpose and the cause and helping get the
0: word out because this is something that's going to really take place. Absolutely. Troy, I'm honored by that invitation and next time I'm in Baltimore, I'll look you up. You got it. Troy Staten, who brings the finest art to people who may not usually have the opportunity to see it. Who brings the finest life to those who may not believe in their personal value. Who with all his strength and spirit brings hope, healing, healing, empathy, and connection to others facing tremendous challenges. Join him at New Beginnings Barbershop, 1047 Holland Street in Baltimore, where the elders of the community speak life into young people as they create their identity and view their own image in the mirror, who may be asking themselves, their peers, the world, and their barber, who they are and what is possible. Troy Staten from Southwest Baltimore, and New Beginnings Barbershop is not just offering services and support. He's offering much greater gifts that are spreading across the United States and beyond during people's weekly visit to their local barbershop. Get up, Nation, now that you've listened to an amazing leader in his community, what are you going to do in your community? As Troy said, let's not talk about it. Let's be about it.